Okay, hello everybody, this is Rihanna. I am Rihanna from Plan Wholesome Empowerment Group and we are on the platform of Not Your Statistic. So, Not Your Statistic was created to explore all the extraordinary and wonderful, amazing, extraordinary parents that we call young people, but they are also young parents. Now, the reason why I create this platform is because there are too many stereotypes associated to young parenting, the lives and trials and tribulations that we go through, and there's not a voice or platform for us to come from our own experiences. So this is why I created Not Your Statistic, because we are not your statistic. We are our own individuals with our own stories, and this platform is showcasing exactly that. So today, I am graced by the beautiful Simone from the Re-Education Podcast. Now, I met Simone on Instagram, funny enough, and we've actually just bounced off each other like a house on fire. We've had such a beautiful growing relationship since, what, June? I met you, roughly in June. And so I'm going to hand it over to Simone, but briefly, she is a mother of two young children. Um, She also works within probationary services. Criminal justice. Criminal justice, yep. And she has her own podcast called The Re-Education Podcast, which I'm sure she will give you more information about. So, Simone, <laughs> would you love to introduce yourself, please? Yes, thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you for having me. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Simone. Um, I am a mother of two beautiful young king and young queen. Um, my son is 10 and my daughter is 6. Yeah. Um, they have different dads um, and yeah my I have a podcast I, like Rihanna said I do work in the criminal justice system so I work for a coaching organisation um, I've been working in the criminal justice system for about 5 years but been working with young people for 14 going on 15 years now so long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but my podcast the re-education podcast so it brings conversations on racism and the black educational experience and when I say the black educational experience it's there's two strands to it so black educational experience in terms of what we learn from our family our parents from society how we're treated like what we're told what we're not told like what we learn through our experiences but also what we learn what we experienced in the educational system yeah so i've had yourself come on and we spoke about the workplace like changing and addressing the topic of racism racial equality but i've had teachers i've had um parents had bloggers yes um i've even featured my son that's episode four called i'm black and i'm proud thank you it went it didn't I mean, I didn't expect for it to go the way that it did. Naturally being a mum and being a coach, just like you, we, you know, we we are very selective with the questions that we ask yes. to try and get the most out of the conversation. And um, I had some set questions and immediately, like after I think about the second or third question, it got quite emotional. Yeah. And I had to throw all of those questions out of the window and just kind of adapt. But be sure to check it out. You can follow me on Instagram. Website is in my bio. And um, they'll also find the link to our podcast as well, because that is definitely one. If anyone is having any issues in the workplace, and this is even going to be geared at us young black parents as well, any of you young black parents that are experiencing any racial issues in the workplace, listen to the podcast, reach out to myself or reach out to Sim. 
and we're more than happy to give you some more advice information and guidance on how best you can handle yourself and navigate through that system because it is a system that not many people know how to navigate but once you have the tools and the information and the knowledge then yeah there will be steps and there'll be progress that you can make so 100 thank you for that introduction sim so today we are going to be talking about birthing stories ah oh, okay so anyone that knows me knows that this is probably the most traumatic experience i've ever experienced now no sim you don't even know my birthing story but i'll enlighten you throughout this, this time of the conversation but um tell me about when you found that you was pregnant and trying to formulate your birthing plan um, that kind of experience there because that kind of contributes to the birthing story experience in itself so like I said I have two children and when I first found out I was pregnant with my son um, I kind of had it in my head like this whole idea of like perfect family and you know perfect birthing experience because let me tell that for those who don't have children yet yeah it is not all peaches and cream. <laughs> yeah, you do not live the life of Beyonce, Victoria Beckham, Sierra. Um, like you don't live those yeah. people's lifestyles. Yeah? yeah, and all you see are photographs of moments. Whilst yes. Like <laughs> pregnancy is. Yeah, it's 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 a journey. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, I had the idea. I wanted to do a, a water birth because it seemed like it was a nice. <laughs> you know fun thing to do i i didn't know what to expect with like the midwife visit so mm-hmm. at the prenatal appointments i really i honestly didn't know what to expect i knew that my stomach was going to get bigger it's going to grow this beautiful child inside of me um i had like thoughts of like dad doing all of these listening and speaking to my belly like you know you go through all of that Fantasy. Yeah, the fantasy pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it, the fantasy pregnancy. But yeah, I definitely wanted to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I already thought about the pain, and I was like, well, you're already on this journey. Like, there ain't no avoiding it. Yeah, it it's got to come out what some way. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to have an epidural because I thought needles in the back, like, then yeah. you do something wrong and then you mash up my spine. I can't walk, yeah. can't move. It's true. So I, I kind of, in my head, already knew what I didn't want and what I did want. So I wanted to... Did that help you form what you wanted um, for the first child, in, in fact? So um, What happened, <laughs> it completely went out of the window. Yeah. Like I had the plan to have a water birth, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it didn't happen that way. And what about for your second child? Did you plan... Um, Anything? So I had, yeah, I, I pl- the only thing that I knew I needed was physiotherapy because of what happened with my, my first, during, well, after my first pregnancy, actually, after having my son, I knew, as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I was like, yeah, okay, I need to have an appointment and the first thing I need to request is physio mm. because I'm not going through that same situation yeah. a second time. Like, let's prepare for it and do everything in our power to make sure that this is prevented the second time around. Um, well, I hope you're going to touch on up on that. Um, I definitely will. Yeah, because that sounds a bit serious but interesting. Um, so all I've just wanted was to make sure I had physiotherapy um, 
make sure that I had the appointments. You know, we all have to have that. The first scan, which is where they check to see if the child could potentially have yeah. Down syndrome. Yeah. So once that kind of appointment is is done, I just was like, I just would like to have a healthy baby. I want to have a healthy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to have no 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 negative vibes, like just positivity and love and just enjoy this experience. Yeah. And also I had a son, so I was like, am I gonna have another son? Am I gonna have a daughter? Yeah. Those because of my first experience, my mind wasn't on, oh I wanna have a water birth. I don't wanna have yeah. this, I wanna have this pain kit, I wanna do that. I do like yeah. I just the priority yeah, shifted of that stuff, a little just, bit. Just physio and yeah. just healthy mind, healthy soul, healthy baby. That was going into my second yeah. my second pregnancy. It sounded like your priorities shifted a bit and the mindset shifted. Um, I'm guessing from where or what you experienced from the pregnancy and birth and you know like the focus and the intention of just being healthy and happy was probably more from what you've explained from the second the second time around so tell us a bit about the first birthing so tell me like when when you went into labor who was there yeah start from the top (laughs) so my son was due um, his de- his expected delivery date was the 1st of January 2010. Okay. And I was just gassed in my head. I was like, what? I'm going to have a New Year baby. First day of the year. Yes. That's me. And people were talking yeah. about, you know, if you get, if you do have your child on this day, then you get this and you get yeah. that. I was like, what? Okay, we got to make this baby come. <laughs> got to make the baby come. Yeah. <laughs> so the first came. Yeah. The first went. <laughs> I didn't have the again what you watch on the TV with women going into labour. It's very exaggerated. Like a lot of this real life scenarios are exaggerated on the television. Yeah. Like I'm not just walking down the street and uh oh, my yeah. water's great. <laughs> just this gush of yeah. no, that's, that's not how it happens. It's, it's it's a gradual. And I read a lot of like the books I had apps there was like a newsletter that I was getting so it was telling me the size of my baby and what to experience going into labor how you can induce labor naturally they say um (laughs) so they booked me for to be induced because they said we can only go up to 13 days yeah um so I got scared and thought my child's gonna be born on the 13th which was a Friday um and I was just like, please, Lord, no, <laughs> no, Lord, no. <laughs> but I had the, I had my appointment booked for, I believe it was 12 o'clock. I went with my mum and I think my godmother was there as well. And um, my son's dad. Mm-hmm. And we were just basically on a ward. Uh, we got in, got comfortable. Mm-hmm. And... This was at Chelsea and Westminster because I had to change hospitals because of an experience. Had me really, really like, yeah, it was not nice. But I changed Chelsea and Westminster and I came onto the ward. They got, gave me my area, drew the curtains, you know, sitting down chatting, you know, black people do, we're just elaborate and I go on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they, the lady came in and said, okay, I'm gonna induce you now. 
Yeah. I remember it was two o'clock on the dot. So I'd been there for like a couple of hours. I was like, all right, the later that we leave this is cool because then they're not going to make me have a baby on myself Friday the 13th. Yeah. I was cool with it. She gave, she came in. She's like, they've got to leave for this section. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went outside. I think they went and got a drink and whatnot. Come, The lady induced me. She put the pest, it's like a little pellet. Like, yeah, yeah. Put up there and she's like, yeah, just relax, you know. If you feel any pains, you know, it means it's working and kicking yeah. in and blah blah blah. And you know, for the whole time you're in labor, you're whether you're being induced or whether you're when you're in labor, the whole time they have you hooked up to the monitor to just yeah. check the baby's heartbeat. I'm telling you, I remember there being a clock right ahead from me, and from it went two o'clock to two twenty something, and then boom. I felt a pe- one pain lick me. I was like, oh God, it's starting now. It's starting now. Okay. And I'm not exaggerating, but every 30 seconds after I'd had a, a contraction, I kept getting them and it was non-stop. Non-stop. Like non-stop. Consistently going. So I was in labor for about 25, 27 hours. So it started wow. in the afternoon and I didn't have my son to the following evening. Wow. Yeah. Whenever I got the contraction, you could hear his heartbeat was just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, you know, if you want, you can take some gas in there. I was like, all right, that's fine. What do I do? <laughs> what do, I do? So I took it and <laughs> my, my godmother, yeah, she's, she's a right character, like, you bring her around any situation and she'll make everybody laugh like die with laughter mm-hmm. I think she took some mum took some <laughs> we were all just puff puff kids <laughs> in the labour ward <laughs> then when I come, like oh ow oh ow uh, oh ow but I think after maybe an hour or so, the pain just got unbearable. And remember I said every 30 seconds, yeah, there's no, there was no let up. Oh, so shit. I called, they called for the nurse and I remember they were like, oh, yeah, they, they were looking at the the, the chart thing that monitored his, his heart rate. And it was like, oh, yeah, I think maybe we need to bring Thank you. into, a, into a, a, a room now. Because remember, I'm still on the ward. When you're in juice, you're on a ward with yeah, everybody yeah. else. And they're, ooh, have ah. to wait. They, they said, I think we need to prep you. You have to have C-section or all of these things. And I'm like, what? Now I've just taken one hit of the in the, the gas and air and this, these people are talking over me and I'm not even fully understanding what's going on. Yeah. I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience because it was like, I was, be- I was sitting in the room and other people, but I was outside my body and the doctor standing over me on the other side of the curtain and all I could see was just these figures. Like, okay. That's how I, I was so spaced out. Yeah. And the woman, she was a, a doctor, came in and tried to put the, the catheter in my hand. Mm. And I think I still even have the scar now. And she pushed the thing in and I saw the blood go on Straight the away. Yeah. on the curtain oh on the curtain I was like uh? I felt myself going ow in like a slow motion so what went wrong what did she do she that- must have just 
went in the she either just she didn't went know in the wrong angle yeah she didn't know what she was doing because for the whole time that I was in labor my hand was swollen I had to rest it on like the the blue roll of tissue yeah that's how bad she went in with that but it was lucky that they did it at the time that they did so they took me to a room bear in mind I've been on gas and air they've said yeah we need to move her because this is like you know we may need to monitor a bit more closely so the lovely woman that brought me into the room now I had to go back to tend to the other ladies on the, the, the ward. And now I'm, I get enter some next woman. I was like, um, am I gonna, are you gonna do the gas and air? She's like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> the pen licked me. I was like, um. I looked at my mum, my aunt, and my son. I was like, somebody needs to talk to her about getting the gas and air before yeah. I flip. Because this ain't the right time for me to get mad. Mm. So they're like, oh, well, when she was outside, she was having the, the gas and air. So we thought that when she came in here, she should have it. Well, you know, you're not really that much dilated. So maybe you could just have a painkiller. Wow. I said, the best thing for you to do is leave now and send somebody else in. Because I'm not talking no more. Like, so I'm not. Can I ask, why did they feel that um, your pain threshold didn't warrant? Because she must have been in the pain. She must have felt my pain. That's what must have been happening for her. She must have felt my pain. I don't know whether it was the fact that I was a black female in there. I don't know whether it was because she had a bad day. I And I don't care. Yeah. Don't come in here after I've been sucking on gas and air for a good hour plus outside. Yeah. To the point that I'm a little bit not even with it right now. You're going to tell me, oh, a painkiller. I said, lady, you need to leave now and send somebody else in here. So this, she was like, oh, when it comes oh, to them kind of things, people can have these misconceptions because I've read somewhere that doctors are taught that black people have thicker skin. So then they're treated differently when it comes to like injections, taking blood and all this stuff. And I was like, really? That don't even make sense. What about the black doctors? Are they taught the same thing too? Exactly. Are they challenging it? Or is it just, well, let me just get through Mm. Let me just get through medical school. Let me mm. just get my, my qualification. And, and then when I'm in the experience, maybe I can challenge it then. Like, if you're not challenging it then... You should then have there in the first place. Challenge it from the start. There you go. It, it was something I was watching about um, the health inequalities of black women and the treatment that black women get in and around healthcare. A nice lady came in. She's like, hi, I'm so-and-so, you know. Nice to meet you, Simone. How are you doing? I was like, not good, as you can see. You know, hands swollen, got it limp like this. Mm. sucking on gas and air look at the monitor like you can already see what's going on mm. so she was like oh um let me would you like some gas and air i said then no and i think that by then i'd experienced so much like negativity and so much disrespect from healthcare professionals mm. during my pregnancy that at that point it was a no-no like my child's coming into this world now and you're not going to you're not going to have me up like that you're not yeah. That is so common because, although I'll get into my story after, but young parents that I know that had negative experiences with healthcare, mm-hmm. either not believing their symptoms or they are not getting the right information that they need, they're just being taken around the houses, or even just the general attitude of the professionals. Um, sending is a word that's been floated around quite a lot, and I can even experience that myself. Um, I've experienced that myself. Um, yeah, it's something that 
definitely needs to be looked into because the way how parents are treated in general is one factor, but being a young parent and not knowing the system or not knowing certain things, a little bit of added empathy would be necessary. It would. Parents. It would. And I, just to go back, when I had when I was at St Thomas's, I was at my is it this? I don't know whether it's the seven or whatever month it is that they can tell the set. Yeah. And I said, oh yeah, I'd like to know if I can. Um, yeah, looking forward to finding out how baby's growing, but also the sex. She's mm-hmm. like, oh no, that's not what this is for. I was when I was lying there, she was doing the th- the the, the yeah. scan, yeah. and I just turned like this to look at the screen as you do. Yeah. You know that the woman turned the screen like so that I couldn't see. Seriously. She didn't even give me pictures. She didn't tell me the sex of my baby. And I got told by my son's dad, like Simone, you know, just like calm down, like don't don't be Simone Simone today, you know, just calm down. And I didn't say nothing to that woman, but you see, after she let me leave that that piece of something and she made me feel like crap, like yeah. I didn't have the right to see my own child yeah. growing inside of me. Yeah. I went and I complained. Of course. And they had to apologize. And them times still now you have to pay for the, the scan pictures. Yeah. That woman printed off about six for free and said, I'm so, so sorry. Congratulations on having a boy though. It's lovely news. But you know, but just things like that was just, why? why? It contained a parent's journey because you know, exactly. to be so joyful and experienced with like so much happiness. And who are you to take my experience? Who are you to challenge and police my experience? Mm-hmm. And you know when you leave the hospital with the scan pictures and you go home, family, friends, everybody wants to see. I didn't. I wouldn't have had no pictures to show nobody. I can only imagine what that felt like. Honestly, I can only imagine. And I'm sorry for you going through that because it's horrible. It actually- That's why it 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 built a, a very thick skin mm. and how I approached my second pregnancy. But to go back to the birthing story, I got the gas in there. Was in there sucking on that for another few hours and it's like yeah this ain't doing nothing nothing at all nothing 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 plus my hand is swollen like i'm no further into my dilation this is just too much i can't even sleep because as soon as i close my eyes i'm woken back up yeah, so i said is there anything else that i can have anything stronger and they said you can have the the injection one and i'd already done my research and i knew that all i wanted was gas and air I didn't want epidural. I don't like needles, so I wasn't going to have the injection. See, when the woman said the injection, I said, yeah, run that. Run yeah. that. Quick time, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> run that. She gave me that injection. That didn't do nothing. It did nothing. Oh, I managed to get through. I, it went through to the next morning. So it was at least early in the morning the next day. So I think it was Saturday by now. Mm-hmm. And I was just... I couldn't take it. Yeah, I was like, this is this is too much. I'm sat here with my hands swollen, going through this pain, can't sleep, and I just need to be able, to, if I could at least just sleep for like 20 minutes, I'd be fine. Yeah. So after some consulting with the midwife, they got the doctor in, and I said, um, like, I know what the next option is, but I was like, what other options are there for me for pain relief? Yeah. And they was like, well, the only other thing is epidural. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want it. 
because I just I don't want it I don't want you to go in my back I don't want to be able to not walk and all of that stuff but I think that there was a bit of tears and I spoke to my mum she's like Simone if, if you can't take the pain like that's what this is here for oh. all of that exaggeration and I, and I still got the bloody epidural <laughs> but you needed it clearly I did. I got the. I had the epidural, mm. and they give you like the tube is basically still sticking out your back because you could. You, there's something that you can click, and it yes. like gives you another a shot of like pain relief if it gets too overwhelming. Mm. And I wasn't completely like numb, mm-hmm. but I could still. I still needed to get up and go to the toilet. But when I'm getting up and going to the toilet, I've got a tube in my back. Like I can't do all of this stuff. So, in in the end, they ended up giving me a, um, the cannula, cannula catheter. I don't know which one is which. The C one for Donso. I didn't have to keep getting up and down. Listen to all the healthcare professionals watching. Yeah, I know. Please don't get at me in the comments because I'm not a healthcare professional. I know that it's cannula and catheter. One is one. <laughs> that C up there, I had in my hand. The woman put it in wrong, so my hand was swollen, couldn't even bend it, do nothing, couldn't even go like that. And then I had to, I asked for the next one that goes down there, so I didn't have to get up and keep dragging everything with me to go to the toilet. Plus my hand is swollen again. Like, yeah. let's not forget, hand swollen with something in there. So it got to a point where the epidural had started to just not do its job anymore. And I was clicking constantly, like- I think they turned it off. I don't know what happened, but it just got to a point where now, because I was think I was nearing the time, like, yeah, now it's time. Mm. Like, we're, we're getting to that nine, nine, ten centimetres. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember during the time that I had the epidural, they, they noted that he, my son's heart rate wasn't elevated when I was having the contractions. Mm-hmm. It was now actually just kind of slowing down. Yeah. And it kept slowing down. To a point that they got a bit concerned. Yeah. So I remember them coming in and checking and it's like, okay, you're you're dilated now. But it seems that we're having a, a problem. I was like, what's that? It's like he's stuck. So what we're gonna have to do is prep you to go in for a C section, mm-hmm. try and see if we can get him unstuck. Mm-hmm. But if we can't, we, we need to at least be in a position where we can just quickly go in and and basically cut him out. Yeah. Now it's like, what? This wasn't in my plan. I already can't have a water birth because you put this thing in my hand. And that's another reason why I didn't really want to have the epidural is because once that's once you've opened up the back, you can't go in the water. Yeah. Like that's that's not an option. So, and that's another reason why I was emotional. Remember I said I wanted a water birth, like I wanted to be comfortable, I wanted to be all nice and This is a water birth, I tell you. My big self in Iwata, I push out the <laughs> But yeah, it didn't go, it, it, all of my plans just went out the window. Yeah. So, but, and then if I thought it couldn't get any worse, they then said only one person can come into the operating room. Oh. So now I'm just, it, it just got too, too much for me I just said between my mum and and my son's dad like you lot make the decision 
yeah. I'm not making that decision. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't possibly. Yeah. That, that's just too much for me, considering with everything. It's like, don't worry, don't worry. Don't yeah. Worry. You go, don't worry, you'll see one of us. Yeah. So I'm in there alone, all of these people in their, their blue things, mask up, yeah. thing on their head, gloves, they got the stirrups yeah. on the bed. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is. I'm proper scared. Luckily, I had the epidural already. So they were able to administer the anesthetic, whatever you call it, to now numb me from my waist all the way down. Did they do I it there. properly? You couldn't feel anything? They did. So it was lucky, again, it was lucky that I had this in my hand because mm. they needed to put me on whatever just in case. Mm. And it was lucky that I already had the epidural because if I didn't have the epidural they would have had to do it anyway because how else would they administer whatever but it was just a lot of stuff going on and I just couldn't focus I was just like I don't want anything bad to happen to my child so I was in there now they've kind of covered up a little bit Mm. but they can't they just threw my legs literally in the stirrups and then I saw my son's dad come in and I was like I was I was I was so scared because I didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But I just remember feeling like I was being tugged at. And, just... and then all of a sudden, they're like, push the man, push. I was like, what? But I can't feel anything. What? What? So I did what I thought was pushing. I knew that I was pushing because my head started to go boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. So I was like, all right, so man, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. All right, so man, push again, push again. And then he came out and all I was listening for was on two hold on pause you said you pushed and then you pushed again and he was out so he came out in two pushes yeah because they had they had to use the it's the suction one it's the one that they put on the head and they use that so so they they were already Mm. trying to get him up before I'd even started pushing because once they could get him unstuck then they're like yeah you can push now if they couldn't get him unstuck then they would have had to cut me yeah but they've prepped me for c-section but now i'm having to push so i was like but i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing so i think that the push that i did was a very very big push because the way how my head started to throb after that one and then i tried to control the push that i did the next time so that my head didn't hurt yeah and then he came out and then they just kind of put him on the chest my chest I, I don't even remember whether the dad got to cut the umbilical cord or not. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how to feel. I was like legs up with about 10 men up down there. Like I was just, oh, what's going on? And yeah. then... It could be very intimidating not, not knowing what, especially if no one's talking to you. Um, I was the birthing partner for my sister and no one was talking to her. Mm. I found a bit disturbing. You're doing all these things to people's bodies and you're not explaining what's happening when they're in a, such a vulnerable... Exactly. But I, I, I got to give it up to the, the midwife that I had after changeover, after I cussed that one... Well, I didn't cuss that one. Once I told her to get out, yeah. like, don't come back in here. Mm. <laughs> the person that replaced her and then the person that replaced her were very nice like they made me feel comfortable they were constantly asking how I am whilst they were checking the monitor I must say my my labor experiences for both my children 
have been like quite extraordinary mm. and the care that I've received has been during that time mm-hmm. once I had to like let a let a lady know get out <laughs> was quite yeah it was comforting it was soft it was warm it was caring it was yeah. supportive you yeah. know there was communication even when I was pushing the midwife was like you're doing good Samantha. you're doing good keep going don't stop so, but I don't know if I'm pushing I can't feel what I'm getting yeah. but it's just watching when they gave my son's dad when they gave him to my son's dad and he was just like wow yeah watching him be like oh my gosh I'm a dad <laughs> and then he <laughs> and then he pooed in his hand <laughs> like good that Not kind of for me brought it back down to earth like oh my gosh I'm a mum I'm yeah. a whole mum and then I just kept looking at him to see who he looked like yeah you wouldn't be and able to know obviously I was just like oh my gosh and then because they'd used the one two so he had a bit of a cone so I was like yeah let's get a hat on that please <laughs> <laughs> get a hat on that yeah so tell but me I- a little bit about the whole um the cutting of the umbilical cord that the inc- was there any incubation time and did you leave hospital same day that kind of stuff yeah no i didn't i um i can't even remember i i think that they may have allowed him to but because of the situation where we were i'm not sure if he did because my head was hurting i was slightly dazed i was confused there was so much that i had to take in in such a short space of time once i had him mm. i remember them because I had to be cut so they had to stitch me back mm-hmm. up yeah then I was like okay well what happens now and then they just pretty much wheeled me in in a bed to a new ward mm-hmm. and he was in the little baby cot thing as well being wheeled yeah there was no issues you know they did their general check in yeah and then I was in on when things just went down downhill for me because here I am it was like eight or nine in the night and mm. at that hospital you couldn't have visitors after I think it was eight or seven thirty visitors couldn't stay so it's late I'm a new mum like first time mum yeah. I'm numb from the waist down yeah nobody's explained to me how long it's going to take before I can feel that feeling in my feet and legs. You've put me by the window in the hospital with where the window's open. My son is sitting there in a nappy because you've ushered my his dad out, my mum out, my aunt out. Like you've ushered everybody out. What can I possibly do to help my child? Mm. If he needed to eat, how can I feed him when I can't even get up? Mm. And you've put him underneath a window with just a hat on and a nappy. Yes. And when you raised this to them, what was said, what kind of support was offered? They were like, oh no, it's because you're not supposed to be here. We just put you here until you, you're able to, to get back up again. So, but nobody didn't say this. It's at that point where the communication just went out the window. Yeah. There was no care, the support, like all of that, that attention and you know that attention to detail, that com- constant communication and checking in, making sure you as a mother are okay, as well as checking in on the baby, mm. that just went out the window and it was like, raw back to like talk yeah. about a thump down to reality, boy. 
Jeez. Oh, God. So I raised it and I was like, so nobody's not going to tell me, like, what what's going on. They're like, oh, no, you're here because you had to have the an anesthetic or whatever it is. Mm. And you, I was like, so how long until I can feel my leg? Oh, okay, about four hours. I was like, what? So my son's going to sit here in a nappy. Oh, well, if you wanted us to help you, then you should have asked. I was like, what? You ran my family out of here who could help who could have helped me and made sure that my child was comfortable before and my mum's child me was comfortable before they left but you ran them out like pretty much oh everybody's sleeping in here you know you can't be in here technically no but it's 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 looking at and reading the room because you've just given birth and it's about trying to make some exceptional um leniences and if that's the case maybe of putting you in a private room would have been better. I was there for, I think, a few hours and then eventually the it wore off and I could feel, like, I could feel my feet. All I was concerned about was trying to dress my child. Yeah. And so when I raised this and they're like, oh, if you needed help, then you could have just let us know, like, where's the child's clothes? I was, and now I'm gone back to, okay, so... I was already, like, a not a challenging but I already speak I speak up if I don't if I, I'm like what the hell what's wrong with you like why, why are you talking like why are you acting like this why are you behaving like that but I've in, I've already gone into mama bear mode from the moment I was pregnant yeah so it's like that instinct that motherly nature had already just come out of me so when she's looking at me like oh well where's the child's clothes I'm like are you dumb like where else are they gonna be in my toes like come on now in the bag I said, you know what? Just give me my bag. Yeah. Take what I need to take out of it and just give me my son. Like, that's it. I I don't, I don't even need, I don't need to speak to you no more. Yeah. And I think the the mirroring of that, um, that attitude, they don't like, Mm -hmm. professionals Mm -hmm. don't like. Um, And especially when they realise that they're giving you the attitude is when they've received it. That's when they pick up themselves and they're oh, okay maybe I should change the way that I'm portraying myself or delivering this information because we all know that there's biases. We all know that. Of course. So of course. whatever reason that they was treating you or had that attitude with you, they got it back and look, they didn't like it. She, the, the lady I remember attempted to try and help, but she was just being a bit too man. I said, nah, mm. I said, I'm good. I just did what I needed to do. I had the cot positioned in a way that I could at least lean over and do what I needed to do with, with my child. And I could slowly, like, I just kept trying to wiggle my toes. Like, that was it for me. I've yeah. watched enough movies where people have lost feeling in their legs. And the first thing is, try and wiggle your toes, man. Yeah. Wiggle your toes. Wiggle your toes. It's like that Kill Bill scene where she's in the morgue and yeah. wiggles her toes. It's like, oh, okay. But um, I tried to, I kept trying to wiggle my toes because all I kept thinking is, my child only has me right now. Like, these people don't owe him nothing. So, I need to be able to look after him. Yeah. Whether I've just given birth or not, like I need to be able to look, look after him. him. So yeah. I just didn't ask nobody for nothing. Like they didn't come check on me. They didn't ask me how was I doing, blah, blah, blah. They saw that I'd gotten up, but now I still had the, the thingy still in me from where I had the epidural. Mm-hmm. So I could get up, I needed to get up and go to the toilet. And I'm like, is anybody gonna at least just come and take this out like, like I was like 21 22 so 
Mm. I wasn't like I'm not gonna say I wasn't a teen mum. Mm. I wasn't a like what you would see as a, 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 a like the woman said a little like I wasn't. And even if I did, at the end of the day, I'm having I've just had a child. Mm-hmm. So when he, all of that little girl talk, like you're gonna need to let go of that because yeah. I have a child. I'm a mother. Yeah. Yeah. And just help me mother my child. Exactly. And what I find as well is that those people that are given the ex- that are trying to help you don't even have the experience. So they're taking what they've learned from reading a book or watching a video or or using like a fake a fake boob to show how to latch on. They don't even, what do they use? I don't know whether it's a fake boob or they have like a little cushion thing that they show and then they use like a doll, a doll's yeah. to try and show. Like that's, that don't tell that's me nothing. Realistic. But I could tell, I could, when I, when he latched on and I, you feel that initial, oh, yeah. and that, that excruciating pain. Yeah. For me, I was like, yeah, I know that he's latched on. But if I would l- do, like, try to get him to latch on and I wouldn't feel anything, I knew that he wasn't getting anything. Yeah. And then with all of that comes that you you start to then think in your head, like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I can't do it. I'm so rubbish. I can't even feed my own child. Like, all of those things. Can- my body's not working right. My yeah. What it's meant to do. I'm a failure. These people think of me as some sort of trash mum. I ain't even started. Exactly. Like, it all went through my head before I even left the hospital. It was hor- It's horrible. And, you know, I can definitely sympathise with first time, second time, third time mums because every, every pregnancy, birthing story and latch on experience is different. Yeah. Why do you think I'm, I've just got one? I can't deal with people saying oh well you've got three already or you've got two already so technically it's not that experience no it is because each child is different each experience is different doesn't matter whether you got 10 2 or 17 each experience is going to be different you take the learning from the previous one yeah and hope that you can make it a better experience but you never know like you just never ever know like one child might latch on the other might not like my daughter she was a greedy little bugger. Tell me about the experience <laughs> with your daughter now. Because I know we spoke oh, about your son. Gosh. Tell me a bit about your so daughter. With my, so after I had my son, I don't know whether it was the... the my body's traumatising experience with going through all of that different medication and being like legs wide open, like in the stirrups when they were trying to kind of turn him. Mm-hmm. But I'd been complaining from the next morning that I woke up and was walking around like even in the shower going here going there I was complaining about like feeling a pain mm. in my pelvic area like I couldn't walk properly mm-hmm. and I did mention it to not only the nurses that were there but also the midwife and the doctor because you know they come around and ask you how are you doing how's things going and I, I did mention it to every professional that came to me I mentioned that it is it supposed to hurt when I walk when I stand up when I pull myself up to sit down when I go when I pull myself to sit up when I sit down like when I'm doing all of these movements is it supposed to hurt and it wasn't period pain hurting yeah like this was actually pain like I felt like a noodle like things were loose yeah and when I'm moving I can feel like clicking and like it was just it was very uncomfortable yeah. and 
I ended up having to stay a few days because they said that my son was anemic and he kept lo- and he was losing weight because he wasn't latching on, he wasn't feeding, and you know all of that stuff. And eventually, I got him to to latch on. But when I went home that same day, I think the very next day, I ended up in A and E because I couldn't walk, I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. But it took them a week to realize that I had what they refer to then as SPD. It's like a pelvic, mm-hmm. where the pel- where the joints become, the muscles around the joints in the pelvis, apparently they become quite inflamed or whatever. And it okay. become, become a little bit disjointed and it caused severe pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. Standing up, walking, doing just anything, it causes a lot of pain. They said that it seems that you have SPD. They did blood tests, they did x-ray, they did everything possible and didn't know what it was. And eventually they gave me physio. So that's why going into my second pregnancy, that first um, prenatal midwife appointment. So I'm gonna need physio because I had SPD and I'm definitely sure it's gonna come back. So they booked me in, made sure that I had the physio. I was a bit more informed in like understanding how to approach appointments, the scans, you know, that time around. Yeah, it was a lot better. I didn't let the traumatizing experience kind of overwhelm me from having another child. I could, you know, you start to feel a bit of back pain and, you know, you feel a little bit of, in the womb area it's like oh yeah okay yeah this is this is feeling a bit mm, yeah i'm just gonna stretch it out just gonna keep going do whatever do whatever and i remember going to the toilet and there was a bit of blood on the tissue Mm -hmm. and i remembered back to the first things that i was reading i was like they say you get a show yeah i was like oh my gosh, I'm going through labour normally this time. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, yay me. Go oh, Simone. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get induced. Not going to have to go through all of that drama again. Yay. But yeah. this now was a brand new experience for me because yeah. I didn't get this the first time around. Yeah. So I had the show. I, I don't know whether I called my mum or... I think I called my mum because calling my daughter's dad and being like, I just got the show. and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What show? <laughs> so I was um I was excited. I was like, okay, alright, cool, alright, yeah, let's see, it's gonna start boom now. Yeah. So eventually the, the pain started to progress, it started to progress, and I called my daughter's dad and told her told him that yeah, I think I'm going into labour and he's like, alright, well, when I finish work I'm gonna come round. So I think the pain got so much. We went to the hospital. I went to the hospital, I think with my aunt. And they said, yeah, you're only two and a half centimeters. I was like, what? At least it wasn't a false alarm. That's cool. <laughs> At least it wasn't a false alarm. So I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, when you're four centimeters, that's when we would at least tell you to, all right, you can come in now. Right. But how yeah. am I going to know I'm four centimeters when I'm at home? Like. I made sure that the bag was patched, you know, for he was just prepared to let's go to the hospital mm-hmm. that day. So I think it it probably got to I don't know whether we it happened the day before. So it probably happened on the 18th. Mm-hmm. And so by the next day he's like, Yep, yeah, cool. I'm gonna go for a walk. 
gonna go down the road, up the road, round there, down there. Da, da, da. I was like, I can't, I'm tired. Like, the pain is hitting me. Like, let me just go and lie down. Yeah. So he was like, all right, we're gonna go in. Because the pain was getting a lot now. I was like, oof. So we got back. I had a, um, I remember I had a bath just to try and calm the, the pain down and just feel a, li- a little bit comfortable. So I had a bit of a bath and then I was like, all right, we're ready to go. So we went to the hospital. They were like, oh, okay, you're five. Going on six centimeters dilated now. So, you know, we'll get you the room. Da, 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 da. I remember, I remember like just walking around the room, you know, doing all of this, doing all of that. And then they gave, there was a ball in the room and yeah. I pretty much, I bent, every time I went to the toilet, whatever position she was in, whenever I bent down or did a squat, she would be ready to like make her like, okay, you ready to go, not ready to go, I'm ready to go. So I remember squatting down to sit down and bounce on the, the medicine ball. And I think I did two bounces and I was like, oh, ah, and I got off of it and leant on the chair. And then my water, like this water just started dribbling down my leg. I was like, oh my gosh, my water's broke. And I can imagine you as well, because you hadn't gone for it. You're like, did I wet myself? Like what's happening? Gosh, yeah. I was like, what is going on? on oh my gosh no this can't be happening what is this so from there i got on the bed and it's mad because they always say that you'll feel the urge to push and i felt the urge to push as soon as i got on that bed it's like my body was just yeah gravity was yeah just taking control and i said oh my gosh i feel like i need to push and it's like okay let's breathe and yeah. when you feel the need, do it. Yeah. So my daughter's dad was in the room with me. So it's like, he's going through his experience. I'm going through my experience with a, needing a little bit more of his presence. But yeah. he was just, just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The child is coming out. I think I pushed a few times. Yeah. Like when I felt the urge, push, push, push. And then, yeah, it got to a point where I think I started screaming when she started to crown. Because I didn't know what to expect with that pain. Yeah. I started screaming and then everybody looked at me like, Who are you screaming for? What's wrong with you? Then the midwife said, Um, it's mine. Yeah, and I know that this is painful for you, but the screaming is down. It's not gonna help. Keep it down. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm in pain. I was like, Scream if I wanna scream. I'm in pain. Can I push? Because it hurts. Can I push? Can I push? And my mum replaced telling me that she heard someone screaming and she's like, thanks, hey, man. I just left her. She was bouncing on the ball. Yeah. Come back to find she it. She remembers hearing somebody screaming and she convinced herself that it wasn't me. And yeah. as she walked through the door, my daughter had just come out. Wow. She's like, you mean to tell me I bloody missed another grandchild being born? Like, what? I only just turned around and now she's hit. But yeah, that was that was an experience. And she was a big one. Like when she came out, he got to cut the. I'm sure he got to cut the umbilical cord, and then she went straight onto the the scales. Mm-hmm. And she was 
making pure noise. As she'd come in at that point, they put her onto the scales and was doing all the checks and, you know, making sure eyes, mouth, you know, there. And the two of them were just hovering over her, just taking pictures. I said, can you not blind my child, please? Um, can you not because I can't do anything over here I've now got to push out the afterbirth like yeah yeah oh that's good because they they have to give you the injection like all of these things I didn't really know because that wasn't my experience the first time so they have to give you an injection and then you have to give birth to the afterbirth that would have been done when you was all out of it and like still numb Yes, but by then they had taken my daughter up mm. and given her to me for because she was bawling. I was like, yeah, they were like, I think she's she's hungry. Yeah, yeah, hungry. Yeah, so I should have known from then that she was gonna be a little craven, craven one. Yeah, because she came out the womb bawling for food. Yeah, bless her. So as soon as they gave her to me, you know, they tried to do the the, mm-hmm. the skin to skin touch. Yeah. You know that whole nurturing thing and then she latched on just just like that that is good because I think a lot of the time like you said there's so many differences that you can have between birthing experiences and the mm-hmm. self and just you know when the child's growing up you see the differences and characteristics so what do you think was the most experience that you had from the first one that you applied to the second one Definitely my physio and not being so stuck on the type of birth that I want to have. Mm. And also that I def this time around, like whatever was gonna be thrown at me in terms of labor, I was gonna take any of the the um pain relief that they threw at me. With my daughter, I only had gas and air. Mm. didn't have anything else I just had gas in there because the elevation from the the pain levels weren't every 30 seconds like I feel like it was an artificial labour pain with my son and I say that because it wasn't a natural yeah you could have yeah I had to be forced into induction and that kind of was like my son wasn't ready to come out like he just wasn't ready I was told then that you can't go more than 13 days over your due date. You have to be induced. Because I think at that point, you reach like 40 weeks. And What two bits of advice from your two experiences would you give them? Definitely trust your, trust your body and your instincts. If something doesn't feel right, say something. Mm. And make sure that it's not just, oh, well, you know, it's probably just this or it's probably just that. Make sure that they actually investigate and assess the situation fully mm. and make sure that there's a clear understanding of why it is that you feel that way or why this is happening like definitely speak up and and trust your trust your body really and don't be too restricted to what the books say the magazine says the app says like everybody's experience is unique to themselves and that child mm-hmm. so don't be too restricted to I want one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on my <laughs> birthing plan and for this to happen because mm. we don't know what will happen when the time comes. Mm-hmm. But the more open you are, 
and realistic about the situation, the quicker you can adjust and adapt. Yes. And it sounds like you've built up a lot of strength and a lot of knowledge and resilience throughout those um, experiences that you've had. So I think it's, as much as it may have been traumatic, it's made you, as you said, a thicker skinned individual. Although a lot of the time we can be misconceived as this strong black women, but at the yep. same time, it hasn't come from nowhere. As you guys can see, Simone has gone through a lot for her yep. to this point of feeling like, okay, I'm not taking no crap from no one. And this is where a lot of our attitude comes from because mm. we've been exposed to lesser than we're worth from before. And then knowing the baseline of our worth and then excelling past it, that's where a lot of our, our attitude comes from. So I can totally resonate, um, especially the second topic, the, the second piece of advice that you gave, because nothing in my birthing plan went to plan. Like, it has well have thrown it out the window. Um, I didn't even get to a hospital. That's how bad it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I'll give a, a quick snapshot. So um, I was living in Redbridge at the time and I was staying at my, my son's aunt's house in Hackney. Um, I had an exam in Redbridge. It was a English and a maths exam, I remember. Um, so I've come down to the center to do my exam and I failed. I don't know why, because I'd studied, I studied, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pass, I'm gonna pass, I'm gonna pass. Didn't happen. So I was crying on my way back to Hackney, like, <laughs> I'm a failure, I'm so stupid, I'm gonna have to retake it again. Bear in mind, I was 17 at the time, yeah? So I'd already left school, I'd got my GCSEs, but they weren't great, so I wanted to redo them. I was doing my um, adult English and adult literacy. So on my way back to Hackney now, I've stopped off at a shop to go and just get, I think it was a lollipop, to try and make myself feel better. <laughs> I was proper marlin, trust me, I was a proper marlin. So I stopped off to get a lollipop and I'm walking down the road and I've, I'm my son's dad's aunt. So we're stopping, we're talking, we're chatting about the um, exam. So we've gone back to her house. Bear in mind, like, wasn't meant to be there long. It was just a stop off and then I'm gonna grab my stuff and go home. None of who told me to do that. So I went to a house, was chatting. I ended up falling asleep. Um, I was just tired. I was exhausted from all the crying. <laughs> and um, I remember feeling a little twinge and I was like, ah, oh, nah, it's nothing. It's, it's okay. Let me just rest it out and I'll be all right. Woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I swear I could have looked like an exorcist. <gasps> oh my god <laughs> like the pain was ridiculous oh jeez woken up at four o'clock in the morning i remember it was 404 so weird 404 in the morning and my pain is going vroom, vroom, vroom in my stomach that's all i could feel pain and, um she's not waking up because she can't hear nothing like you see people that sleep through everything and anything yeah i knew i weren't meant to be there <laughs> i knew i weren't meant to be there and her son he wasn't waking up either so i'm like hello banging on the doors banging on the window shaking the bed the neighbor came before they woke up oh my jesus what's going on are you okay i was like i i don't know i i don't know <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. So eventually she woke up and she was like, oh, rubbing my back and blah, blah, blah. 
So we've called the operator and they said, oh, it's, it's only been 10 minutes. Nothing could have possibly happened in that time. Call back when, when the pain is a bit more severe. Go and get in the bath. Um, you know, do the same thing, do some squats and da 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 da. And I was like, okay, cool. Got in the bath. You see, I was so uncomfortable. I, I felt like a whale just swishing around in the bath. <laughs> so I was like, listen, this isn't making me feel better. You're making me feel ghastly and huge. And, and this is not the feeling I want to feel right now. Got out of the bath and I remember crawling across the floor because I was in so much pain. I was naked and I remember getting to the bed, all the bile came out and then she's wrapped me in blankets because obviously I just got out of the bath and I'm naked. So we've called my son's dad now and we're like, yeah, we think it's happening. Start making your way down. He's about 15, 20 minutes away. Please believe by the time he's got there, I'm like, Ooh, 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 ah, ah. Yeah, puffing, panting, all of that, rocking on the bed. I'm here doing, I don't even know, like hands up on the wall and I'm rocking side to side, all of this business. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to go to the toilet. Rush, I don't know how I managed to get to the toilet so quickly, but I jumped off the bed, ran to the toilet because I thought I was going to poo myself, right? Yes, that urge, it was that gravity listen who told me to think i'm going toilet no i'm oh, not and i'm pushing and i'm pushing and the sack starts coming out and oh. with the water <laughs> bear in mind we're still at home yeah <laughs> so i'm like <gasps> his head's white <laughs> i didn't oh, know because <laughs> no one told me that that could happen right I'm like, his head's white. What's going on? His head's here, his head's... <laughs> and then I can see the water kind of filling up and I'm like, okay, it's not his head. So his aunt's come and she's like poking at it. She's like, no, 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 it's not his head. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what the hell? <laughs> poking at, at the sack. Poking at the sack. protruding from your root. <laughs> oh my God. It got to a point where we've called the operator back again. And they're like, she's explaining what's happening. And they've said, okay, well, it sounds like she's ready to push, but um, we can't send an ambulance to you. All of our ambulances are on call. The closest one to you is about 30 minutes away. <laughs> Simone, you see when I was like, what? That, that's the what that woke up the whole estate. <laughs> and I've got neighbors at the window offering towels. Oh my it's god. Sheets, all of this. My son's dad had vomited and passed out on the floor. Oh my all sorts have happened. So I'm pushing and I'm pushing and sack is filling up. And they've said, okay, you have to burst it. Um, I'm like, how am I supposed to burst it? It's inside of me. They was like, get like, um, what did they say? Wrap it in a towel and just squeeze it. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Listen, this is why I say I've got one child. This one experience traumatized me for life. Oh. So get in the towel, wrap it in a towel, and then squeeze it. Say it goes back up inside you. That's Who's what... supposed to wrap it? So my, my son's dad's aunt. So she wrapped it up in a towel because it was big. She wrapped it up and she squeezed it, and it's all gone in her face. <laughs> 
Yes, all up in her face. But the waters were broken, so now we could get, you know, get down to the nitty gritty. So my son's dad's finally come around and he's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to try. And then passes that again. Oh, God. It sounds like a, a comedy skit. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. Seriously. So after trying to push, 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 his head finally comes out. Um, and I'm like, I'm in so much pain because obviously there's no pain relief. There's nothing. We've just got the operating phone. And she's like, yeah, the ambulance is 15 minutes away now. Just keep pushing, keep breathing. Anytime you feel like the need to push, just go with it, breathe it through, clench. Like if you need hold someone's hand. Um, so yeah, from that, it was very much a bit of a blur because I remember his head coming out and I was like, I'm done. Yes, woo, baby's out. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you mean you done. I was like, what do you mean I've got to push more? <laughs> I've pushed enough. I, what? His head. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Luckily, because um, something that I didn't say was he had turned around in my in my body. Oh. So, and this was probably days before. So as much as his head was engaged, his body was still twisted. Yeah, oh Jesus. That's where a lot of the pain had come from when I was trying to push. So his head was out and I stopped pushing. He was going blue. Then the the godmother's like, you need to continue whilst I'm turning him. And I'm like, gosh, I'm not doing anything. What are you talking about? I, I can't, I physically can't do this. Again, bear in mind, I'm 17 years old. So it got to a point where I finally had, they'd finally just, he only needed turning just a little bit so his shoulder could come out. Um, so yeah, they finally managed to turn him just a little bit because obviously all my water's out now and you could feel the outline of, of the baby inside my belly. And I've taken literally another two pushes and he's come sliding out. And that's when the ambulance got there. Yeah, <laughs> that's when the ambulance got there because we was running around trying to, um, God, so ghetto. We was running around trying to disinfect a knife and scissors. <laughs> As you do. As you do. He was like, oh, this is the Milton. I was like, no, nah, Milton's not strong enough. I was like, you fire. <laughs> Fire <laughs> Get a lighter, use fire, put it on the stove. Like all of this. Get up. Oh my gosh. Like, this baby's out of me now. And then like you said, you have to give birth to the placenta. No one told me this. It's like, I'm done, please. So the ambulance have come, they've cut the umbilical cord. I didn't even get to hold him, yeah. Like my son's dad took him and they was in the other room. Um, and I'm there like I can't breathe I can't I, I think I passed out at some point because I was just exhausted absolutely exhausted and I'm being told yeah push 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 we gotta get the placenta out now we can see a bit of it but what do you mean you can see a bit of it isn't it meant to be attached inside of me <laughs> yeah so it's broken I said what what do you mean it's broken it's broken inside you, so we're gonna have to ease it out of you, like we did. Ease it out, like what? I said, okay. Oh, uh, 
that I'm pushing people's house. Pushing a contraction, pushing a contraction. I pushed, and she's like, "Oh, I've ripped it." I was like, "What do you mean you've ripped?" It? And I, I'm like, "What? I can't see nothing. Tell me what's going on as you're doing it, not after you've done it." Listen, the woman basically told me so. Um, your son ripped you a bit, so we're gonna have to take you to the hospital anyway. But whilst you're there, um, we're gonna have to just monitor, like do a, 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 um, another scan to find out where the rest of the placenta is. I was like, is it not out of me? Like, <laughs> I was crying at this point. Um, yeah, so the ambulance took me to Homerton Hospital and whilst I was there, this was, yeah, because he was born at 8.05 in the morning. So I only had technically four hours of labor. Mm. I know, I was quite, quite impressed with that. <laughs> <laughs> quite impressed with that. <laughs> but um, four hours labor, I got there and um, yeah, they done, they done like a few little checks on me and whatnot. But similarly to you, they pumped me with certain drugs so they could stitch me up. Mm. I didn't want, them to inject me down there but in all honesty I think that was needed because <laughs> I was in so much pain and um, when they was trying to do the stitches with just the gas and air mm-mm, I went <laughs> <laughs> and I nearly weed on them so they injected me then and they was like okay I will just relax and you stitch me up then they done the whole examination First of all, they stitched me up too much, yeah? Um, second, that, that's the same with me. Listen, they didn't do it properly. They, it they, was like they, a rush job. I don't want to get too graphic, but yeah, they didn't do it properly. Well, this is birthing stories, so expect the graphics. <laughs> but um, yeah, they stitched me up too much. I was on gas and air. And same thing, puff, puff, pass, puff, puff, pass. Everybody, you got, you got to share a little bit. That's, that's, we're all in this together. Sharing less caring. Exactly. Um, and then my son's dad left. The aunt came and she bought the bag because remember I was in Hackney. I wasn't meant to have my son in Hackney. He would be in Redbridge. So they had to buy some stuff whilst I was just there, whilst my son's dad went to our house in Redbridge to get all, all the stuff, the buggy and all of that stuff that was in Redbridge. So then he came back in a cab. Um, but then it was after visiting time. So when he was telling me all of this, I was like, it sounds like we was in the same place. Yeah, so then he came back. They just allowed him to drop the stuff off. They didn't mm. allow him really to come in. So he, wow. the next day, um, pediatrician had checked over my son and whatnot. He was all fine. My discharge, that's when there was like, oh, okay. So what you're gonna have to do is have baths for the next two weeks. And I said, why? Oh, because you still got placenta and sac inside of you. I was like, how long is it going to take? They was like, we don't know. So we're going to check back with you in 14 days. Oh my God. And um, you will get to see your GP. And if there's any other issues after the 14 days, you may need to come back because we may have to surgically remove it. And this is the way she's saying it, like it's so normal. And I was like, so... Am I safe to leave? I was like, yeah. That did not make me feel confident at all. But I wasn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wasn't the outspoken person then than I am now. So I was just like, do you know, what? I need to get out of here. 
I'll do what I need to do in my own space, in my own time. I'll dip, I'll dip in vinegar, water, and tighten everything up, and you know how we do. So did that, done my little tightening exercises, but again, nothing was happening. So every day, twice a day, having a bath, having a bath, immersing myself. I said, kid you not, come the fourth day, Simone, this big, <laughs> sorry to be graphic, but again, birthing stories, this big clump of, um, it looked like liver, let's just say that, big clump out of me with all the sap and everything, and it was just floating in the bath. I remember jumping out. Oh my gosh, that's inside of me. But the thing is, obviously it's been a few days, so where it was still partially attached and partially detached, it started dying and it was, God, again, graphic, but it it was discolored and it's like it had yeah, started rotting and it just was disgusting, disgusting. But no one had called me to check up on me. No one asked me if I was okay. This is after I left the hospital. Now, remember I said, when I was in the hospital, I had these issues of the midwives looking down on me, little girl, all of this stuff. And I said to myself, do you know what? I, I've looked after children my whole life. Like, it's not about what you know, it's about what I know. So when thing them things about uh, breastfeeding and all this stuff, because I, okay, at this point I'd studied um, child development for GCSE and I was doing a young, a young mother's course um, whilst I was doing my maths and English and I was doing um, my childcare certificate as well. I felt equipped enough to make a decision to discharge myself. Yep. And I did. Um, and I left that evening, went home. Um, yes, he had ended up having the formula because I was very, very discouraged to try again. I'll be very honest. It wasn't that he wasn't latching on. It just, it wasn't as frequent and my milk development wasn't as much as he needed. So if they had shown me some massage techniques to try massage and the, the milk ducts, all of this stuff, I knew at that time, but they weren't helping me with any of it because for whatever reason, I don't know. But this is why you equip yourself with the knowledge as well, you know? So yeah, following all of that, it was then sleep deprivation. I, like you said, you didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep for two weeks. Two whole straight weeks. <laughs> Worrying about that placenta that's still inside you. Thank you. Because I'm like, when is this going to come out of me? I literally had to wear tenor lady. Um, because like, if I'm going shop and something happens, I'm by myself. Like, literally, I was by myself. My son's dad wasn't staying with me at these times. So I was by myself. And this child is relying on me, like, his whole life. So I'm not sleeping. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was my birthing story. So yeah. you can understand why I've got one child. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. 13 years ago, that's that's the experience that I had. But I can honestly say it, it got to a point where I was like, no, nah, I don't want no more kids. Nope, don't want any more. Not happening. But I've opened myself up to know, like you said, Everyone has different experiences. Every birthing experience is different. Every pregnancy experience is different. So 
and I'm I'm in a relationship where I feel that that could happen again. So positives out of it, I would say is um, know that if you know something, go with your intuition. <laughs> go with your intuition. And second of all, make sure that whatever plan you think you have, as Sister Simone said, know that an alternative wouldn't hurt. Yep. Because <laughs> you could be anywhere, at any place, at any time, and anything happen where you wouldn't even have your your bags or uh, papers or anything and be propelled into this birthing experience. So, yeah, just have a plan B and C up until Z. I yeah, I would say it's <laughs> I would say that. I would definitely say that. And it's never too early to have your bag ready. Absolutely. I started from when I found out. So <laughs> never too early to have your bag ready. If you're a person that drives, um, definitely yeah, take it yeah. with you. Like have it in the boot <laughs> because it's, it's never it's never too early because you never yes. know what could happen. Yeah, um, yeah. We are we we matter in the in the grand scheme of things in the mm-hmm. experience of pregnancy labor. We as mothers, mothers to be, mm-hmm. we actually matter. Yeah, more than the, more than it's portrayed because you've got to remember you are the home for this new mm-hmm. and created life, and you, the way how you are thinking, feeling, what you're putting in your body, all like you said matters. Everything that you experience is transferred through you to your child. Yep. Can it can feel and experience trauma from before they've been born. So mm-hmm. so important to know your p's and q's, but just look after yourself emotionally um, equip yourself with as much knowledge as you can pre and post pregnancy um, have support network of people that can help you because I'll be honest in my circumstance I had very limited support my parents weren't around um, my parents didn't even know about my son's birth until probably like a couple of days after we just didn't have that relationship but luckily I did have other people that was around you had your mum you had just your son's dad you know you had people so it's very important that as much as we think we can do everything ourselves, thriving does not thrive in isolation. Yep. So, yeah, those are my tips. So, founding, any last rounding off um, tips or comments that you want to give everyone that's going to watch this? We'll go. Um, I mean, this is, again, even with my podcast, I, I share my experience. So this is my experience and I'm not saying it for people to feel sorry for me or to to say that this is what all pregnancy is like but this is my individual experience and as a young black woman Mm -hmm. that I don't feel that I was treated in the in a way that I should have been treated I'm not even going to say fairly Mm. I wasn't treated as a human first as a woman first that's expecting a baby I was just treated as a black woman. Like you said, we've got thick skin. We can take on a lot and we don't know nothing because that's the way in which the midwives, the prenatal nurses were taught to me. And, um, you know, it's that always that need to feel that not every time, yes, pick your battles, but also don't make anybody take you for no idiot, yeah? Somebody's talking to you disrespectfully yeah, then you can give them back that same energy yes yeah? or you can articulate in a way that you know you put them on the spot and make them feel like uh, uh, 
oh mm. maybe I shouldn't like let's let's change let's change it up like let's change the narrative let's not be the ones that's always seen as the aggressor like if they're giving you that energy then flip it on them like oh I'm, I'm feeling very you know I'm feeling very threatened right now I'm feeling judged and I feel like I'm not being treated as as a human being you know and then go and complain like use the processes that are used against <laughs> yeah go so. complain because it's not every day you should talk to me like I'm stupid and yeah. because I'm young and black do not allow anyone to box you in mm-hmm. do not allow anyone to box you in because as much as people may have a presumption about you like Sim said um, there may be prejudice against you for whatever reason they may just look down on you because you're presented as a young individual and you're pregnant that does not mean that you are worth any less than it's about just being treated as an individual that's having a baby and that needs the care and support and guidance and yeah understanding just have that empathy um so if you feel that something's not right go with your intuition seek some help and advice if you need any help again reach out to us so we are going to round off this beautiful beautiful discussion sim thank you for sharing your birthing story with me um, I know it must have been very difficult, but I appreciate it. And I hope this helps someone somewhere that's either going through or gone through something that you've gone through and has said, OK, it's not just me, <laughs> only one in the world. Um, but yes, thank you. Just quickly before you go, remind everyone where they can find you. And um, I'll make sure I put your details in the bottom of the description box. You can find me on Instagram at reeducation underscore podcast on twitter at the underscore re-education on linkedin just simone ujar on facebook just simone ujar um and on youtube you can find me on the re-education podcast channel and if you go to my instagram you can follow the link to my website which has all of my podcast episodes episodes eight features the lovely rihanna and um yeah reach out like rihanna said if you have any questions and thank you thank you thank you thank you you. right love light peace and blessings